Welcome to the daily objective. A little while ago, we already talked about a little bit about press freedoms, when it might be okay for the government to subpoena, let's say, a certain part of information newspaper are trying to publish. When is it okay? When is it not? But after reading this recent story, uh, I really wanted to hop on and either have someone from our show, especially James, on an episode. But I was really interested even like myself in this. So just a little, and of course, uh, hey, James, how are you doing? Hey, real good. How are you, Daniel? No, this is a great story you've got. Um... Yeah, so just to give a little bit of introduction uh, for the story, this happened in small city in Kansas, about 2,000 people, a very small uh, city where a police department raided a local newspaper's office and the homes of its owner and publisher. They seized computers, cell phones, and the justification they used is apparently the newspaper acquired uh, acquired some uh, information from a local restaurant owner, and the restaurant owner was... Uh, uh, thought it, it, it was illegally obtained. So uh, that was the justification they used. Uh, another important thing they hap that happened is, from what I read, uh, the police had a warrant, but when the, uh, when the newspaper asked for the, for the probable cause, the, the judge or whoever was in charge of it said no such thing was they had no such thing on record. So, James, what, what do you think about this? Well, for almost 18 years, I was a prosecutor uh, working in law enforcement, and the law on this subject is pretty clear. Just to back up a little bit, there was a restaurant owner, this Miss Newell lady in Marion County, Kansas. She hosted a political meeting uh, with a local uh, congressman, and uh, the reporter from the Marion County re Reporter, what I, don't, I forget the name of the newspaper. A um, record. Record, that's it. The Marion County Record, a small privately owned newspaper in this small, as you point out, town and county, uh, went to the restaurant, to the political meeting, and they were kicked out by Miss Newell, the restaurant owner. Um, and so uh, there was this dispute between the two. Uh, the restaurant owner and uh, the newspaper owner, if you will. Uh, Eric um, Meyer. Eric Meyer. And um, he did obtain information about a 2008 driving under the influence conviction by Miss Newell, the restaurant owner. Uh, he also found information that she had been driving on a suspended license, which often is a result of driving on a suspended license conviction. Those convictions, as all criminal convictions are, are a matter of public record and can be verified by public record. Also, Ms. Newell has admitted that they're true, that those things actually happened. Moreover, the newspaper chose not to run any kind of story about that at, initially because they knew that Ms. Newell was involved in a divorce and they thought it might have just been coming from her aggrieved uh, soon-to-be ex-spouse in a personal dispute, and they didn't want yeah. anything to do with so that. So the newspaper... Uh, acquired or they received unsolicitedly this information about the fact that she might have a DUI. They 
went to confirm it because it's a matter of public record. They confirmed it, but they decided to not run this story because they didn't know where the original information came from. Exactly right. Now it's publicly, uh, it's true. It's a matter of public record. And so they, as a newspaper, they would have any right to publish the story. You know, Miss Newell was convicted of a DUI several years ago. But why, if you're not going after Miss Newell personally? That would be look like a vendetta, and it's not much of a news story unless you are uh, getting back at her for kicking you out of the restaurant. Well, they decided against doing that. Nonetheless, uh, Miss Newell, uh, now the police agency in Marion County has, I think, six officers and a chief of police. All of them show up to the execution of this search warrant. Uh, Miss Newell got the cops to get a judge, a local magistrate, uh, to issue a search warrant. Now, the thing about a search warrant is that it is the other side isn't represented. The accused person isn't there in court. The police and the prosecutor can go before a judge all by themselves in a one-sided hearing before the judge where they have to issue, a, where they have to have a sworn statement by a witness or witnesses that provide evidence that a crime has been committed and that evidence of that crime will be found at this specific location. That is normally put into an affidavit in support of the search warrant. Now, if a criminal charge is eventually filed and that evidence is attempted to be put in, the other side can then move to squash, quash is the word, to quash the uh, uh, search warrant, trans, you know, traverse the warrant and suppress the evidence. But they have to wait until a criminal charge is filed. If no criminal charge is filed, then this search warrant is just a raid that had the police coming in and stealing computers, cell phones, whatever information they wanted from the office and the home. Uh, it was done, in, in my view, to intimidate the newspaper and the newspaper's owner. His 98-year-old mother died that same weekend of, as the raid because he says of the stress of having their home unexpectedly raided, invaded, you know, you know if you don't... You know, Police demanding entry, and if you don't if you don't comply, they'll knock the door down, come in, steal the money. They stole, they they seized a cell phone from someone, injuring a finger in one of these um, um, seizures of evidence. Well, the whole basis for the search warrant was that uh, Miss Newell was being a victim of identity theft under Kansas law. That is the obtaining of information with a fraudulent intent, an intent to defraud somebody. There is obviously no intent to defraud. One, it was true information. Two, it was publicly verified. Three, they did not run the story just to run that story. There can be no intent to defraud on the face of it. I can almost guarantee you that no criminal charge of identity theft is even possible in this case because Miss Newell was never a victim of identity theft on the face of it. So there was no crime and they didn't have any probable cause. And so it's hardly a surprise that we don't have the affidavit required under law because they'd have to swear out probable cause that this crime was committed and evidence of it would be there. So lo and behold, a search warrant, by the way, after the execution of a search warrant, the search warrant and the affidavit and the inventory from that also must be put on file as public record. A judge can make conceal that record for special reasons, but no such affidavit was even there, much less sealed. <laughs> and the affidavit, let me suggest, is there because there is no violation, much less probable cause of a violation of the identity theft law. They did it simply to harass the newspaper. Let's go through the laws. There are federal laws protecting uh, journalists. Normally, what they require is a subpoena. 
A subpoena is different from a search warrant in that it's not a one-sided proceeding. The other party, the suspect or the accused, have their lawyer in court and they can, before the search, argue against the search in front of the judge. So it's both parties are there to argue whether or not the search is justified, how much and what can be uh, legally forced from the other side. So the difference we see a grand jury may be uh, called. Now their uh, investigation is secret, but a grand jury could subpoena the information. So what the appropriate procedure would have been or file the criminal case and then have the judge in the criminal case uh, uh, issue the subpoena for the information so it can be argued in court. If it's an indictment, they can issue, uh, that is to say, a secret grand jury proceeding. They can issue a subpoena, but at least the grand jury is being supervised by a judge. And at least there's a criminal case that's pending an investigation on a real criminal case. There's no grand jury here because they didn't have probable cause for identity theft under Kansas law. There's no criminal charge here. And that's and so federal law that would require a subpoena would require a, a, a more formal investigation. And in time, the other side would be involved in the ability to argue against it and, again, quash the subpoena and say you can't do this or limit the scope of the information that can be forced from the other side, if that makes sense. So just so I understand correctly, does that mean that subpoena would require more evidence that crime is being committed than a no. search warrant? No, no. A, that's not the key. A search warrant requires probable cause that a crime has been committed and that evidence of that crime will be found at a specific location. And someone has to swear out to the judge under oath in an affidavit the reasons why they believe that the crime has been committed and evidence for the crime is there. So the same standard is going to be applied evidentiary-wise. The difference with a subpoena is that there's either a criminal charge being investigated by a grand jury or a criminal charge that's already been filed by local prosecutors. This gives the judge a review power, and the judge can then bring in the other side to argue the scope of the subpoena and so forth, if necessary. There, are, As I say, there are exceptions, like a grand jury can keep its information secret. It, too, is ex parte in a certain way. But at least it's commencing a criminal charge, the formal investigation of a criminal charge. And the grand jury will either say, nope, we, we don't have probable cause of a crime, or yes, we have probable cause of a crime. Uh, but there's neither been a grand jury impaneled here, from what I can tell, nor has there been a criminal charge, because, of course, there is no identity theft here. The police had no basis to believe a crime under Kansas law had been committed, in my view. So that takes away the underlying crime that's required. And that's why there's no grand jury impaneled. That's why there's no criminal charge filed. That's why there's no subpoenas as opposed to a search warrant where there'd be more judicial review and potentially a chance to bring in the other side to argue against it. Um, this violates, in my view, the First Amendment's freedom of the press. And my view, this violate and the case law that the Supreme Court has given us on that, it violates federal laws that require, in most cases, that you go by subpoena before you do a search before you search a, a newspaper's office rather than a search warrant, um, and so that you have, give them a chance to voluntarily move it this way. A subpoena also gives you a chance to voluntarily cough up the information and, and argue that the rest of the information. See, if you get a subpoena. Let's say a court issues you, Daniel, supply the information. You've been issued notice, 
right? By that subpoena. You can get a lawyer and say that subpoena is bad, uh, you see, unlike a search warrant, unlike a search warrant. Um, and uh, that's the difference here. There's no criminal case. The, there are cases under even federal law where a search warrant can be justified on an office of a newspaper or reporter. Let's say the editor is charged with murder and he's suppressing evidence of the murder inside his office. Well, then, of course, it's not a matter of press freedom. It's a matter of the fact that the specific individual there has committed a specific crime. So you can get past the subpoena rather than search warrant rule under federal law, but under special circumstances. Again, those special circumstances are nowhere here because there's no crime that I can see that's been committed. The police have no business doing this unless they have probable cause that an actual crime has been committed. No such crime of identity theft has been, as far as I can tell, committed. With their search warrant, they never submitted a sworn statement indicating the probable cause of any crime. They just went in and seized this information. In violation of the First Amendment, the uh, protections of the press under federal law, and furthermore, I think this is a the since I doubt any criminal charge will ever be filed against this newspaper, despite the fact that they went in and searched on the basis that a crime had been committed without an affidavit, the newspaper, even if no criminal charge, especially if no criminal charge is filed, I would urge them to get a lawyer to look into a civil rights action because the civil rights of the newspaper have clearly been violated if the facts that I've laid out are true. Uh, under Section 1983 of the Civil Rights Act, you can sue a government agency for acting under or anyone acting under the color of a governmental authority that is violating some fundamental constitutional right, such as your freedom of press, freedom of speech. And that's exactly uh, what's going on here. A harassment and intimidation by the police of uh, on behalf uh, I can only imagine that this restaurant owner, Miss Newell, has a cozy, corrupt relationship uh, with this local police agency. And this police agency was doing her bidding so to harass and intimidate a newspaper that uh, she didn't like. Yeah, um, I read in the article also apparently the newspaper were looking because this current uh, uh, police chief, Gideon Cody or Gideon Cody, what uh, became a police chief came from the i believe kansas city to this local uh town or, or this small town only a couple months ago so they were also re researching his past and the editor kind of pointed that their rate might be even inspired let's say by the fact that they are looking into his history well exactly i mean how do you get <laughs> If you're digging up dirt on your enemy, wouldn't it be cool to have the police raid, take their computer and, and cell phone, and so we can just glance through it and see what all might be in there? It's a fishing expedition to see if they can find some, some other dirt. Since this guy's got dirt on her, she wants dirt on him, and she's using law enforcement to go on a pure fishing expedition for whatever dirt she can get on him. Yeah, that's what it looks like. If that's what it is, it's a clear civil rights violation. The police are being, uh, without any real uh, probable cause that a crime has been committed, doing the bidding of someone who is the local uh, merchant who is the, uh, on their side and going against the reporter who they perceive as someone against them. I don't know what the politics are here. I don't really care. It does not matter to me which side is, is the Republican and the conservative and which side is the progressive and the Democrat. It doesn't matter at all to me. Um, uh, this is a clear violation 
of the civil rights of the newspaper, from what I can tell, uh, as there could not have been a violation of Kansas criminal law of identity theft. There's no indication of any intent to defraud anybody. Uh, it is true the newspaper did share that information about the DUI of the restaurant owner with a councilwoman. And it is relevant to whether or not this restaurant owner will get, will get or keep an alcohol license. If she has a conviction involving alcohol, like a DUI, that could negatively impact her ability to get a license. But the, she admitted she had the DUI. It's a fact, and it's a matter of public record. And in fact, the information being shared with the council is relevant under existing law. Now, I don't like the licensing of alcohol uh, places, so I, I think there shouldn't be any such licensing law. But under existing law, it is absolutely relevant whether this woman has this conviction for DUI, and it is a matter of public record. So what the intent to defraud that's required under the identity theft statute that Miss Newell, the restaurant owner, says she was the victim of identity theft. Well, where's the intent to defraud her? I don't see any intent. She did go on a fishing expedition using local law enforcement to go seize information from a personal enemy who apparently committed no crime against her so that she could go get some dirt on him, if any exists. Um, no, this is a violation of the civil rights, the freedom of speech, freedom of press. It's a violation of Section 1983 of the Civil Rights Act. It's a violation of federal laws uh, protecting journalists uh, uh, from being uh, the victims of these kind of search warrants. See, if we allow uh, press offices to be raided by the police who don't need to eventually file criminal charges, they could just get a search warrant and go on in a one-sided hearing with a judge and go in and start raiding uh, press offices that will intimidate the press from covering the police. We are not a banana republic dictatorship in America, at least uh, I grew up in a country that wasn't a banana republic uh, kind of authoritarian dictatorship where you can't use law enforcement for your own personal ends or your own political ends. We are seeing more, and, and this is what I think plugs into a bigger issue here. More and more, we're seeing the law enforcement, criminal, the criminal arm of government being used for purely political purposes against pure, for uh, our purely political ends on your political opponent. Accuse them of a crime, or in, in certain other cases, cover up a crime for political purposes. And the media is very much involved in this. I don't, I, it's not like I'm gonna let the media off the hook in this. The media, depending on their political, the side they take, the media has become ever more stridently partisan. And so uh, Joe Biden in the, what is obviously an influence to anyone with a brain and eyes in their head, there's a multi-million dollar foreign influence peddling a bribery a charge pending against the president, current president of the United States. If you can't see the evidence of that as justifying an investigation, let me put it, let me back up further. If you're the kind of person who thinks that Hillary Clinton, the Trump should be charged, but Hillary Clinton didn't, shouldn't have been charged, or that Hillary Clinton should have been charged uh, with top secret documents, but Trump shouldn't have been charged, then your mind is warped utterly warped. Um, if Trump lied about having classified documents, he's violated the law. Mrs. Clinton destroyed evidence of her use of classified documents. That was a violation of law. Both should be prosecuted. If you can't see, for example, that uh, 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 Joe Biden uh, is 
up to his waist, in, uh, <laughs> from what I can tell, in foreign influence peddling, then you're blinding yourself, in effect, to the truth here. And both sides do it. It's happening all the time. The media is getting ever more partisan, ever more blind to the sins of the other side, uh, and uh, letting him get away with it. You know, as I say, when I was a kid, uh, it, when Richard Nixon, the president of the United States, back in the early 1970s, got into the Watergate scandal, he was compelled to retire because a group of senators from his party, Republican senators, took a walk down Pennsylvania Avenue and said, it's time to go, Mr. Nixon. Members of his party said, time to go. Those glory days where people in their own party policed the corruption within their own party are long gone. Um, we are now living in a world where the politicians and the media on each side will cover up in effect, uh, any evidence of criminal activity or corruption that for, for their side. And that's what it's looking more and more like. Um, and more and more, law enforcement appears to be being utilized in a political way uh, for purely political, and in this case, maybe political slash personal reasons for harassment. But it all began, you see, when this restaurant owner kicked out the reporter from a public meeting she was holding with this congressman in her restaurant. Um, wow. So she was going to get back at this guy <laughs> in any way she possibly could, even utilizing the local police to harass him and try and dig up what dirt she could on him. So there's just one more thing I'm wondering about, uh, and then we'll read out the Super Chat and I have to wrap up. Uh, so you mentioned that when you have a warrant, you have a specific thing you're searching for and you also mentioned that there is a, a specific place you're looking for it. Oh, yes. The Constitution requires that a, a, a search warrant shall be issued uh, unless there's exigent circumstances. Let's say you're a cop and you're chasing a, a murder. You saw a murder and you're actually chasing a cop straight into a house. Well, you can go into the house and retrieve the guy. That doesn't require a search warrant, but that's the exception, the exigent circumstances rule. A home you have to have generally, the general rule is you have to have a search warrant before I can go break into someone's home or office and go search. And the constitution itself requires that search warrants specify the place to be searched, the things <laughs> to be uh, seized that you think are there and the crime that is alleged to have occurred. Tell me how you think there's probable cause and there has to be evidence that a crime on the books happened and you have to show me why you think there's probably evidence of that crime at that location and what sort of evidence you think is at that specific location without that level of specificity and the probable the evidence of probable cause for each of those elements of it a search warrant should not cannot legally be issued in this so, case i see so no do evidence you, so yeah. do you think they so the one thing I'm surprised about that they raided two locations. They raided his home and the newspaper's office. Can does something like that happen? It, something can, like that did happen. Because, <laughs> because, but well, it's in my view a total violation of American law. Straight from the First Amendment through the Civil Rights Act, through the journalism protection laws that we have. Uh it was a flat violation of freedom of speech law in the United States, in my view. 
uh, on the face of it, unless there's some information that I have, that the news stories, uh, the various news stories, and I've looked at media from both sides on this in researching this this morning, unless there's other information I'm unaware of, there cannot have been a probable cause of identity theft, as there is no evidence of any intent to defraud Miss Newell of her identity by obtaining this true public record information by a newspaper. On the face of it, it can't be any intent to defraud. There's no evidence of an intent to defraud. And they would need probable cause of that aspect in order to legally obtain a search warrant. And the affidavit, which is somehow missing in this case, should have been the place where that was spelled out. And once the search warrant is executed, that affidavit and that search warrant should, normally speaking, be made a matter of public record that anyone can go down to the courthouse and look at. If it's not a matter of public record, then what the heck is the government doing hiding, hiding it? See, uh, the Constitution also requires the criminal proceedings all be public. And that doesn't just mean the trial. That means every aspect of what, the, what they're doing that can be once the charge is brought forth, once the search warrant is happening, once you start doing that, then this the rule is, the general rule, you make the information public. Public charges, public convictions, search warrants, those are all matters of public record that anyone can go down to the courthouse in America and go check out. Were you convicted of shoplifting two years ago? Well, I should be able to go look that up. Let's say I wanna do business with you. You have been convicted of theft. In America, we have all kinds of ways of uh, getting your record cleaned, uh, getting clemency pardon. Uh, uh, you can actually have the, the conviction uh, uh, erased from your record. If you've successfully completed probation on a misdemeanor, you can successfully have a felony reduced to a misdemeanor if you've successfully completed probation. Those are all built in there. So given those protections, the fact that you've been convicted of a crime is a matter of public record that people can take into account. Employers, business partners, people who maybe want to marry you. <laughs> hey, what kind of crimes has he been convicted of? It's a matter of public record. It's not a secret. Yeah. All criminal cases must be in public according to the Constitution. And that includes things like search warrants at being executed and uh, charges being filed in court and convictions being delivered by juries. Yes. So hopefully soon Marion County will have job offerings for a new judge and a police chief. I hope so, too. It really sounds outrageous to me. And on the face of it, it looks like it's trying to uh, intimidate the local newspaper uh, into not running stories that they don't like. Okay, so quickly, Super Chats. Thank you, Jonathan, for your Super Chat, and thank you, Jeff, for your Super Chats. So we still have a lot of things coming up today. In about three minutes, there's the reality show on why is crime cool. There's been a huge or relatively huge spike uh, of crime in London, and many London officials are worrying that uh, London might translate itself into the crime rates of you, you see in some big cities in America. Uh, then after that, at 7 p.m. You don't want the crime rates we've got in Chicago and St. Louis, I can tell you, that's, it's getting out of control. Uh, yeah, and Britain is a civilized, supposed to be the most civilized country on earth. <laughs> yeah, very interesting. Can't miss that one. Uh, at 7 p.m. UK, we have 7 p.m. UK time, we have the Fountainhead Book Club, but that's for ARC UK members. We just started on part four, Havadrog. So there's still 
a nice chunk of the book left if you still want to join. And then at 10 p.m. UK time, we have the Artful Tuesday. So make sure to not miss that. Yeah. Oh, All right. One of my favorite segments. Yeah. Thank, Thank you, Jane. You uh, yeah. I mean, the work you, you're doing here, Daniel, is awesome. You are changing the world, my brother. And if you guys agree with me, please become a subscriber to our uh, Iran Center UK any way you can. And have a great day. Thank you, James. Bye-bye, everyone.